Across the world, across the street, the victims of injustice cry for shelter and for bread to eat. These verses sum up the mission of the Moravian Church of where, who, and what in one simple verse. Let's hear the scripture for this morning from James 2, 14 through 18. I'm reading from the Good News Translation, partly because I like that translation, but here we go. My friends, what good is it for someone to say to you that they have faith if your actions do not prove it? Can that faith save you? Suppose there's a brother or sister who needs clothes or doesn't have enough to eat. What good is it to say to them, God bless you, keep warm and eat well, if you don't give them the necessities of life? So it is with faith. If it is alone and includes no actions, then it is dead. But someone will say, one person has faith, another has actions. My answer is, show me how anyone can have faith without actions. I will show you my faith by my actions. I always start when I address groups and churches by asking a simple question. Who's heard of Sunnyside Ministry? Great, great. That helps, that helps. I hope by the end of the morning you will learn a little bit more about Sunnyside and particularly the people we serve. So officially Sunnyside Ministry began in 1978, but if you're careful, you can trace our roots back in the Moravian Church to 1464. And from the unity statutes of 1464, there is this simple phrase, for if all faithful Christians were united in love, and each one did study to bear the other's burden, the commandment of Christ would be fulfilled. This is a good place for us to start this morning. Now, I have a pet peeve, and I have to catch myself on it sometimes. And it's a pretty small one, but I really do not like when we refer to people as they, them, those. It feels much better to me when we refer to people as your, mine, and ours. So when we say our neighbors instead of those people, my neighbor instead of that person, it feels much closer to me. I hope that you'll feel a connection to our neighbors this morning as I talk a little bit about them and tell their stories and tell stories about people serving in our church and where we've been and where we're doing. Now, a little later in Sunday school, promotion here, I will talk more about numbers and figures and those sort of things. Join us if you will, please. But now I want to tell a few stories. I want to begin by talking about Susan. Susan was a nursing student at Forsyth Tech, and she came to Sunnyside Ministry seeking help with rent, a common enough occurrence. She came in um, two months behind on the rent. Now she was a nursing student studying to get her RN. She had two children, seven and 10 years old, and when we spoke, she talked about school with a passion that was really, really strong. She had a desire to have her degree in nursing. Now, at Sunnyside Ministry, we help people with a crisis. So her crisis was simple. She needed to pay her rent. And the reason was because she had not worked enough hours. Now, Susan worked as a CNA at one of our local hospitals. She was in school full-time studying to be an RN. One of her classes required that she do clinical work at the other big hospital in our city. 
And on top of that, she was raising a 10 and seven year old. Her time was stretched and the job that earned her the money was running short. So she came to us. Now, you, the amount she owed was a little bit more than we would normally do. So I called Jenny, our pastor, and I said, here's our situation. And we talked about it, and together, Home Church and Sunnyside Ministry paid her rent. And she went on her way back to school. Now, you might think that's where the story ends. And to quote Paul Harvey, here's the rest of the story. <laughs> a short time later, I received a phone call from Susan. She needed to do 32 hours of community service as part of one of her nursing classes. This is pretty common at Forsyth Tech. So she wanted to do it at Sunnyside Ministry. And we said, sure, come on over. She came for during a four-day break from her classes. And on the fourth day, the last day she was there, she and I were eating lunch in our break room. And she looked at me and she said, you know, y'all kept me in school. Now, it seems like a small thing, but she said, I almost dropped out. I had never needed help before, and I checked with several places, different agencies and different churches, and finally one of them said to me, you need to quit your job. You need to be responsible. You need to quit school. You need to get a job. You need to be responsible. You need to care for your children. We don't help people like you. Now, she called us and we said, come in, we'll do an interview. Who knew when she called if we'd be able to help or not? But we did. And she stayed in school, and she was able to graduate. And you might think that's where the story ends, but no. A couple months later, I got to Sunnyside early one morning and saw Susan donating children's clothing from her children that her children had outgrown. She and I spoke for a few minutes, and she said, by the way, this Saturday I'm doing my RN licensure exam. I said, well, good luck. Let me know how it turns out. I'll say a prayer for you. Let me know how it goes. A couple weeks later, I get an email. Thank you for all you did. I am now an RN. And you might even think that's where the story ends. <laughs> but no, no. I hope this doesn't happen to you, but if you end up having to go to the ER at one of our local hospitals, it's just possible that the RN that takes care of you is Susan. And that's because of what you did and what Sunnyside was able to do because you helped. We saved her from having to leave school and we produced a nurse to help others. We build relationships with the people that come to see us, our neighbors. Maria, a young lady who come, would come about once a month with her grandmother who was disabled and in a wheelchair, would always get food and one special item, adult diapers, because she needed those for her grandmother. She was her grandmother's sole caregiver, and she would come every month for those items specifically. And we were always able to help with those. Then one month, I came out of my office and saw Susan come, I'm not Susan, excuse me, Maria coming out of an interview room. And she saw me, and I could see she was starting to cry. And she came up, and she gave me this big hug, and she said, my grandmother just passed away last week. Thank you for helping her. And we thank you for helping us to be able to provide those things for her grandmother. 
It's just a simple thing, but it means so much. Now, this morning in our community, there are 58,000 people who are food insecure. 58,000. That's why we had a few food drive this morning. That's why every day of the week we need food. More than, than 40,000 pounds last month alone. But one thing is the opportunity we really like is for you to serve us in even more unique ways. Up, just up the street is the Wachovia Garden. And members of this congregation work there and grow produce and it comes to Sunnyside Ministry. And with that produce and other produce, we get about 15% of the produce of the food we distributed in 2023 was fresh produce, which is healthy and it helps our neighbors in so many ways. That's an important part. We'll tell you about a neighbor of ours who brings food quite often from his garden. He has a two to three acre garden. I do not know his name because he will not tell me. He wants to remain anonymous. But he brought food all summer long from his garden. So I will challenge you, if you have a garden in your backyard and enough space to double it next year, bring that food to Sunnyside Ministry in our food pantry, and we'll see that it gets shared with your neighbors. The majority of the people we serve live about 15 minutes from this sanctuary. If we walked, if we all started out that door and started walking, we'd be in geographically the center of the area we serve. But occasionally, we go much further than that. And this started about 20 years ago with a mission camp at Laurel Ridge. And I want to share this because it's something that this congregation has been involved in for many, many years. We did this so that our neighbors, our, our youth particularly, would be able to go to Laurel Ridge and learn mission and service in a community. And stay at Laurel Ridge, which is a wonderful thing, but then go out and build, we built handicap ramps and did all sorts of things, have done and continue to do all sorts of things in that, those mountains. The very first week of mission camp I was there, and one of the things we did was build a room for a lady who was 86 years old. She lived in a house, it was a wooden house. The rooms inside were primarily divided with cardboard and plastic. It was a house that if most of us drove by would think no one lives there but she lived there alone. She was a widow. She had no family. We went in and we put sheetrock around the walls of her bedroom. In 86 years, she had never had a completed bedroom to sleep in. Now, I had the unique advantage of going back after all the campers had gone home to do one final finishing touch at her house. And she sat in that bedroom and she cried. And she said, this is the most wonderful thing that has happened to me. And that is something that happened because we did that. We put our faith into action. I want to share that there's hope. There is hope. We talk a lot about the things that happen that, um, with the folks that we serve. But there's hope. There's two programs at Sunnyside Ministry I want to mention particularly. One is Gaining Control, which is a financial literacy education program. It's been around for 10 years now. We've graduated 400 students, um, and it's a wonderful program. 
It teaches people to save, to budget, to do all those sorts of things. But what it also does is even more remarkable. So I talked a couple of years ago to one of the graduates of the very first class. And I didn't know what she would tell me, but I said, what did you get from this program? And she looked at me and she went, oh, I tell you what, y'all gave me some really good self-esteem. Now, I'm going to tell you, we did not give her self-esteem. We gave her tools to build her very own self-esteem. Does that sound very Moravian? It does to me. It really does to me. Now, you need to know a little bit about her. $914 a month is what she earns in income. Think about that for a minute. She pays all of her bills on time every month and has a small, granted very small, savings account for emergencies. And comes to Sunnyside Ministry about once or twice a year when things are tight and she needs help with her power bill. Or not help with her power bill, but help with food because her power bill gets high, especially in the winter. Breaking the cycle of poverty for her is a very special thing for us. The last program I want to tell you about is our scholarship program. And I want to introduce you to one final person. Her name is Edith. So the scholarship program, just a little background, is something that we do in cooperation, in conjunction, and in partnership with Home Church and Salem Congregation. Students receive $900 a semester for college for four years, or they can attend a community college. It's a wonderful program. We've graduated nearly 100 students since 1999. We have a graduation rate of 96%. Now, I share that because if you went to Duke, Duke has the highest graduation rate in the country of 94%. Just sharing that. <laughs> Just sharing. Um, the primary thing we think about is does the student have a benevolent spirit? Are they a student that's going to give back when they graduate? And have they been doing things in their life to give back? So I want to introduce you to Edith. Edith is a member, is a scholar, a current scholar in our program. She attends Winston-Salem State University, and she will graduate with, in December with a degree in social work. Think about giving back. She wants to work with children. She wants to work with children. I've gotten to know Edith really well because Edith is also our interpreter at Sunnyside Ministry. And if you want to get to know Edith a little bit better, she's sitting at the back of the sanctuary this morning. Very special person. When we work with people like Susan and Edith and the others, you and I are made better. It's just the way it is. Poverty is generational. That's a fact. It only ends when someone, maybe a group of someones, get together and do something about it. About 16 or 17 years ago, and you may have been here, Brother Riddick Weber spoke to a Sunday school class in our chapel. Um, and if you remember that, he said, and I asked him if he remembered this, and he said he did. He told us, sitting in our chapel, that when Bethabra, Bethania, and Salem were established, think about this. There was no hunger, no homelessness, no unemployment, and there was universal health care in this community. Now, 
250 years have passed since that happened. And now, it's not better. About 60,000 of our neighbors live in poverty. They have hunger and homelessness. They fed the most desperate of those in poverty. And there is unemployment and health and lack of health insurance in this community at rates greater than the national average. So we have to do something about it. We have to do something about that. If we believe that faith is not accompanied, is if we believe that faith is accompanied by faithful works, then we must do something about that. We have to do something about that. Now, I could stand here and dream and tell you my ideas for the next two hours. I won't, but I could. <laughs> but I want you to think about this. And if this is a new idea or new concept to you, uh, I want you to think about these things. Start small. Let's start small. Maybe you skip a meal next week and donate the food to Sunnyside Ministries Food Pantry. Maybe, maybe you clean out your closet next Saturday and bring the clothing to Sunnyside Ministry to help clothe a neighbor who is in need. Clothing poverty is a real desperate problem in our community. Maybe you donate some money, or maybe, maybe, just maybe, you add those in our community who are in poverty to your prayer requests or your prayer list every day. I will tell you, at Sunnyside Ministry, we would love if you prayed for us and for our neighbors. We believe that's an important thing. Now, the other thing we can do is we can think about ways that we do this. And I have a friend that introduced me to a quote from John Wesley. I altered it a little bit and made it a little bit more my own. But these are the words of John Wesley in a way that we can start doing the things that we need to do. If we do all the good we can, by all the means we can, in all the ways we can, in all the places we can, at all the times we can, for all the people we can, for just as long as we can. And let us cross the street and cross the world to find those who are victims of injustice. And let us help those of our neighbors who need shelter and need food to eat so that the command of Christ might be fulfilled that we love our neighbor. Amen.